Laser sights are an essential firearms training tool, clearly correcting and improving the two most important shooting fundamentals, aiming and trigger control. Crimson Trace, making laser sights standard equipment. Learn more at crimsontrace.com. This is Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, now available on iTunes and other podcast clients and on the free Gun Dealio smartphone app for iPhone and Android. Feel free to call Tom now at 1-TOM-TALK-GUN or 866-825-5486 or email Tom at GunTalk.com. Now, once again, here's Tom. All righty, we are back with you. Tom Gresham here. We're talking about guns and shooting and safety and responsibility. And, yeah, we'll talk politics, too. Of course, we're going to do that. One of the things you've heard me say over and over again over the last two decades on our air here, most Americans don't get how huge the shooting sports are in the Olympics. In other countries, they have major coverage of the shooting sports at the Olympic Games. In the U.S., it's rare to get much coverage at all, and usually it's recorded and broadcast at 11 p.m. or something. But we have a number of shooters going to the Olympics, and it the process is <laughs> it's involved. But I mean, it's, and it's not just the Olympics. I mean, they're competing around the world in various disciplines. Joining us to talk about that right now is Jessica Delos Reyes. Uh, hi, Jessica. Did I get that name right? You sure did. Hi. Hey, I got got lucky. How are you? All right. How are you? Great. All right. Uh, now, obviously, uh, you're with uh, Shooting USA. Uh, this I'm with is USA the, Shooting. I'm sorry, USA Shooting. We'll flip it around. USA Shooting <laughs> is the uh, organizing group. It is the body that oversees Olympic-style shooting. Is that a correct way to put it? Yes. We're, our official title is we're the... Olympic National Governing Body for Shooting. So if someone wants to go to the Olympics in the shooting sport, they're mm-hmm. going to come through us to do it. Okay. For those who wanted to uh, follow along, uh, the website is usashooting.org. It is yeah. involved. I, I've actually called it Byzantine, the, the way that you have to qualify. <laughs> and then we have our shooters go and compete at different <sighs> places, and then they have to win a slot but just by winning a slot to the Olympics doesn't mean that that person who won the slot actually gets to go to the Olympics, right? That is correct. Uh, Olympic-style shooting, worldwide, you have to win what's called a quota. Basically, mm-hmm. that's a ticket for your country to send someone to the Olympics in a specific event. And so our athletes compete throughout the year to try and earn those quotas. In some countries, um, for example, in Serbia, if you win the quota, you're going to the Olympics. You're However, <laughs> what we you you are in. However, what we do is at the end of the time where you can win the quotas, there are two paths for Americans to make the Olympic team. There's one through a point system where an athlete can earn points with their performances throughout the year, and we had six mm-hmm. athletes do that. If you don't make the point threshold. The rest mm-hmm. of the quotas are decided by an Olympic trial, just like all the rest of the Olympic sport. Okay. Now, the, the, are you down at Fort Benning right now as we're speaking with you? Actually, I'm at our USA Shooting Headquarters at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Okay. Oh, but we do uh, have 
our rifle pistol national championship going on at Fort Benning right now. Okay, that's going on right now. Explain yeah. to people, if you will, because I think probably most Americans don't have a real grasp of how big the shooting sports themselves are. There are actually a lot of different shooting events in the Olympics, are there not? Absolutely. There are 15 Olympic shooting events, five in pistol, five in rifle, and five in shotgun. And um, for the U.S., we're one of the highest uh, medal-winning sports for the U.S. We're fourth among all the sports. And if you think about the other sports we're against in the U.S. in that point, I'm sorry, the medal count, it's mm-hmm. like track and field and swimming and gymnastics, where those athletes do a gazillion events. I mean, right. Michael Phelps swims a gazillion events, and that's how he can have so many medals. <laughs> Most of our athletes, they shoot one or some of our rifle pistol athletes shoot two events. They'll shoot like the air rifle and a three-position rifle, for example. So considering how many events our athletes shoot, we win a lot of medals for the U.S. So it's a big deal. And if worldwide, um, like Nico Campriani, he's the gold medalist in men's three-position rifle at the London Olympics for Italy. He's mm-hmm. like the Justin Bieber in Italy. Uh, he gets exactly. mobbed on the street like he's a rock star. People know him on site. They follow what he does. He is an absolute exactly. celebrity by virtue of being the, a top shooter. And here you have Kim Rohde walks down the street. Then people don't know she's <laughs> won f- medals in five consecutive Olympic Games. Has never been done before. And now she's going to go for the yes. six, right? Yes. And if she wins that sixth medal in six consecutive games, she'll be the first American to do so. So that's a big deal. It's huge. Now, I mean, I remember when Kim won the first one. I believe it was Atlanta. She had just, I mean, by a few days, had just turned 17. And mm-hmm. it's like you're going, wow, I cannot believe that it's been a, it's been a long time. Name another sport where you can be at the very top of the game for 20 or 25 years. There is not one. It, it's so rare. And what's funny is with our sport, and what I love about it is you've got the gamut of ages. We have an 18-year-old, and then we also have men in their mid-40s competing at the top level. And you've mm-hmm. got different backgrounds. You've got different body types. It's not like gymnastics where you, when you're 16 years old, you're a fossil. People can be <laughs> great at this sport as long as they put in the work and put in the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, it doesn't matter if you're big, tall, short, fat, as you say, but also mm-hmm. man or woman, you can shoot. If you can, if you can hold the gun and you can shoot well, you can win. Absolutely. Yeah, you will see all different body types, petite, tall, big, whatever. If you can hold the gun and you've got that drive to win and that focus, you could mm-hmm. be a champion. So what should we look for? Do we know yet if we're going to have much in the way of television coverage of our shooting sports? We really don't. I know all of the events will be streamed live via NBC's website. So Mm -hmm. you can go online and check how our athletes are doing anytime they're competing. Uh, The first medal that's handed out at the Olympics is actually for shooting, for women's air rifle. And uh, the Olympics open on August 5th with opening ceremony. So the very next day, we're getting to shooting. 
and they go right until August 14th, where the last shooting medal will be awarded, and that's in men's three-position rifle, which we've got the top-ranked men's three-position rifle shooter in the world on our team, so we should do very well there, too. So look online, but um, it kind of also depends what we're against that day. There's a lot of big events going against our shooting events, so um, we'll be sure to post if we know that we're going to get on NBC or any of the coverage, we will be sure to let the world know to tune in. Okay, and they can always check out uh, the website, uh, org. One more thing I want you yeah. to touch on is I know there are people who have uh, sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters. Mm-hmm. They say, well, yeah, this person's a really good shooter, and, and maybe like mm-hmm. age 8 or 10. Sure. There actually is a path for that person, that young person, to actually become, in essence, what we would call a professional shooter, but at least an Olympic-style shooter, is there not? Mm-hmm. Yes, and... You know, not a lot of people start right out in international shooting sports in the U.S. Right. That's okay. There are a lot of great programs, like 4-H has some great programs. Uh, the yeah. NRA has great youth programs, civilian marksmanship programs, any of those, even the Boy Scouts. The important thing is to, you know, get kids out there learning the sport, learning the discipline and the safety, and then learning the basics, you know, aligning the sights trigger control, learning the uh, conditioning that's required. You can do that without necessarily doing the Olympic event. And mm-hmm. once you start perfecting those, get in the pipeline. Go to a junior Olympics event, uh, what we call a you know these training opportunities or different club matches. Try those. And it's easy. You know, people start out shooting BB guns like Lydia Patterson. She's 19. She's going to be shooting women's air pistol for the U.S. She started out shooting BB guns. When she got really good at that, she moved into international-style women's air pistol, and now she's going to go to the Olympics. So just get out there, get started, get practicing, learn the basics from these great programs, and then we'll find you. And you'll get on that path. <laughs> yeah, and again, the, the best way to get more information about it is again the website because it's really complete. It's really good. USAShooting.org. Yes, Tell you what, we'll check in with you as uh, just right against the uh, the Olympics, and we'll kind of find out where we are and maybe get an update for you. How's that? That sounds great. The, the team leaves July 27th for Rio, so we're going to be down there training a little before we start shooting because the second opening ceremonies is done. We're on the line. There you go. I'll tell you what, we'll get your information. Maybe we could get a report from Rio from you. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll do it. Jessica, thank you so much, and good luck to all of our athletes as they head to Rio. Thank you again. All right, 866-TALK-GUN. That is your pathway to get on involved and get on board and basically have your say. We'll have more coming up in just a second. What's important in a gun safe? Security, reliability, safety, good looks? It all comes down to quality. Quality that's built in from the beginning. Liberty Safe has made quality products for 29 years right here in the USA. Trust your guns, your valuables, and your safety to Liberty Safe. Did you ever regret buying quality? I didn't think so. Get the best. Whatever your budget, get a Liberty Safe. LibertySafe.com. 
No matter what gun you have, you want it to hit harder, shoot faster and flatter, and be more accurate. You get all that with the ammunition from Double Tap. Double Tap's experts select the best bullets, then load them to higher velocities while keeping safe pressures. Shoot small groups. Shoot farther. Use custom hunting loads in your handgun or rifle. Even fire two projectiles with one shot. DoubleTapAmmo.com. That's DoubleTapAmmo.com. If you carry a gun, you need training. Your concealed carry class was definitely not training. But time, money, and obligations keep you from spending days at a shooting school. The trusted folks at Gun Talk can help. Concealed Carry One, our DVD featuring the Vata Group, covers what gun, what holster, how to carry, where to wear your gun, and much more. Visit ShopGunTalk.com. That's ShopGunTalk.com. Look, this really is life and death. Learn how to stay aware, how to get away, and how to fight if you must. At ShotgunTalk.com, you can get the two-DVD set, including Fighting with the 1911 with Tiger McKee. No matter what gun you carry, this vital training info can save your life. Learn the draw, the stance, reloading, vital gear from Gun Talk. That's ShopGunTalk.com. ShopGunTalk.com. The Ruger LCRX is a variation of the LCR that features an external hammer allowing it to be fired in single action mode. The LCRX can also be fired in double action mode. It features a monolithic frame made from aerospace grade 7000 series aluminum, a patented Ruger friction reducing cam that results in a smooth, non-stacking trigger pull, and a patent pending polymer fire control housing that significantly reduces weight and helps reduce recoil. The Ruger LCRX Revolver, another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. Okay, let's go straight to the phones. Line two, Caleb, driving through Oregon. Hey, Caleb, what happened at a gun show? What'd you see? Hey, I just uh, was at a gun show in Portland, and there was something I saw there that kind of piqued my curiosity. There were Mm -hmm. several vendors there that were selling adapters that would fit on, one would fit on an oil filter, and the other one would fit on an inline truck fuel filter. They would come with kits that would include baffling, it would screw on there. They were kind of selling it as a, they'd call it a lube trap, wink, wink, nod, nod. Mm-hmm. Knowing the process through the gun shops, you go through to buy a legitimate suppressor with the, the tax stamp, things like that. What are the legalities involved with these products that would use a fuel filter, an oil filter with adapters mm-hmm. that essentially would turn it into a suppressor? I'm glad you asked. It's very simple. It is a federal felony to do that. Let's just make sure we're all really, really clear on this. The whole wink, wink, nod, nod could put you in a federal penitentiary for years. There are people making these adapters where you can put an oil filter on or something else on your gun, and it's, oh, yeah, it's not really a suppressor, but it works just like a suppressor. Uh, no. If you get caught with a gun with a threaded barrel that will take the adapter and the adapter and the oil filter, that's all they need. And anybody who tells you any different is lying to you or doesn't know. Chances are they do know and they're lying to you. Now, there is an outfit that sells the adapter and 
they say this is an NFA part and you need to pay the $200 tax on it. If you get the part and you pay the tax, you now have a legal suppressor. That's fine. It's $200 tax on that. But if somebody says, oh, you don't need that, he's asking you to go to give up your freedom. Oh, yeah, by the way, and give up your guns for the rest of your life because now you'll be a convicted felon if you use one of these things. You're, Caleb, you're exactly on the money. I know that you were wondering if this is legal. No, it's not. And for those who have one and you're thinking, well, it's just an oil filter. Hey, look, I'm not saying the law makes any sense, right? Uh, it's a dumb law, but it is the law. As such, if you are a law-abiding person, you have to obey the law. And this is a homemade suppressor whether it's an oil can, fuel, and, and they do these clever things. It's not a suppressor. It's a, it's a solvent trap. Yeah, see how that plays before the federal judge when the feds come and put the handcuffs on you and take you away. Let's see, you've lost your job. You've lost your family. You've lost all your guns for the rest of your life, and now you're going to be in prison for years. Because you thought it was cute and clever, and you were going to outsmart the federal government. Mm-hmm. How many ways can I say, don't do that? James is on line three out of Castor, Louisiana. Hey, James, you're on Gun Talk. Hey, I just had a comment about the um, about these people with the gun control that Orlando situation, just for one, if they would reduce, uh, relax some of this uh, uh, gun-free zones, the thing mm-hmm. is, they look for the first person they look for when they walk into a situation like that is the security person or the uniformed person. The mm-hmm. person that is the one person that's supposed to be able to carry a firearm. Concealed carry is just that. They don't know who they're walking into. That, that guy may have got one or two shots off, and then boom, down he goes. Now, if they want to make it a little stricter, you know, have to have to have an additional level of training or something like that to be able to go into certain certain areas, that's cool. Because well, you know, just the people not cool. that have them no, really, no, it, no, it's not cool. There shouldn't be any restrictions. There shouldn't be any requirement for additional training. It is a constitutionally guaranteed right, no matter where you are. And so the idea that we're going to make this a gun-free zone, except that if you have to, you have to say, "Mother, may I?" Again, because you had to say, "Mother, may I?" the first time to get the carry permit. So I'm, I'm with you right up until that last part. But James, I don't think, I don't think you should. Frankly, I don't think there should be any such thing as a gun-free zone. Okay, because we know they're not. They're never gun-free zones. The bad guys can do what they want to. And they say, well, what about a federal building? Well, those aren't gun-free zones either. There are people walking around with guns, and they're all over the place. Oh, but that's different because they're professionals. Yeah, I've shot with some of those professionals. Can I say that I don't feel mollified that they're the people who are supposed to be taking care of me? Uh, interesting, very, I read a very interesting piece by Sammy Reese the other day. I've known Sammy for years, former uh, LAPD cop. Really trained up, good guy. And his whole thing was, what would I do, what would I, Sammy, do with an active killer situation, somebody shooting up a place? 
And this is a guy who is probably better trained than about 99% of the people here. Really knows his stuff. What I found interesting was it was a thoughtful piece. And, it, of course, I liked it because it kind of echoes what I have said, which is there's no one answer. I'm not. It is foolish to say, well, I'm just going to charge the bad guy. Well, it all depends. Do I have my kids with me? Am I going to leave them there? Do I have my family with me? And he said, look, if I got my family with me, I'm going to get them out of there. He said, if I'm by myself and the situation allows and you make a call, then you know there's a way to do things and you move. And, of course, the fact that he's had a lot of training in this is part of the reasons he feels like he could do it. But it's also part of the reason that I've said this so many times. The more you do very realistic training, force-on-force stuff, multiple uh, attackers, uh, moving through buildings, lots of walls, lots of doors, lots of windows, the more you do that, the less you ever will want to do that. You will be entirely reluctant to get into that. And so for those who would say, well, I'll just go, yeah. May I suggest that you go take a five-day class in this somewhere? Five days? I can't take five days. Okay, fine. But don't tell me what you're going to do based on being ignorant. What do you mean ignorant? Ignorant means a lack of knowledge. That means you're stupid. It just means you don't know what you're talking about. Don't tell me you're going to go launch into this thing regardless of what the situation is. That would be foolish. No one would do that. A Navy SEAL would not do, would not do that. A member of Delta or CAG or whatever it is now would not do that. We want intel. We want to know what we're faced with. How many people are in there? Maybe you know, maybe you don't, but at least you wouldn't go charge again. Maybe you slip around. Maybe you you find a place of advantage. I just appreciated the fact that Sammy was up front and says, look, you know, been there, done that, but I'm not going to automatically say that that's my reaction. But the flip side of that is it's about options, about choices. If you don't have it with you, you don't have the option. If you chose to disarm yourself on the basis of what? It was uncomfortable. Today wasn't the day. They had a gun-free zone. They had a sign-up on the front. If you chose to disarm yourself, shame on you. Shame. What will you tell your children? Oh, kids, today I'm not going to take care of you. I'm going to let anybody who wants to hurt you do that. You want to have that conversation? Want your opinion to make a difference? Log on to our website and take the Gun Talk poll, www.guntalk.com. Now, once again, opinion page regular contributor for the Washington Times, here's Tom. Uh, an email from Terry says, but Tom, I'm going to Academy because they got a special on smokers, a $99 smoker. I'm going to buy some 223 ammo. As I leave the store, can I tell them I'm not coming back with tongue-in-cheek? I get what you're saying. It's always interesting to me how people will sell out. Is that what we should call it? Yeah, I have principles, but I can save 10 bucks. So, Okay, so you can be bought for $10. Your principles are for sale for 10 bucks. what you're telling me. Well... But I get deals from AARP, which is hugely, hugely anti-gun. Really. 
Okay. So what you're telling me is that for a discount, you can you, you can sell out. You'll you'll be okay with that. Hmm. Well, I said, well, it's not really that, but it's just I can say, yeah, I get it. You don't have to explain. I think we get it. Had uh, a guy call in. He couldn't stay online. Mike, he said he called the academy store, his local academy store, to complain about their policy of hiding AR-15s from the public, even though they continue to sell them. He said he wasn't the first one to call. And he said, uh, they said with a sigh that that decision comes from the top and not locally. That's why our comments have to go to the top. Again, Academy Sports has deemed the AR-15 rifle inappropriate to be seen in public. This is the rifle that the United States Marines use. Or they have the, the full auto version, of course, in terms of what it looks like. This is the rifle that our returning veterans know. This is the modern rifle that our this is what a mod, this is what a rifle looks like today. This is what a rifle looks like today. After World War One, it was this, the bolt action rifle because that's what we used in World War One. And then the vets came back and that's what they knew, and that became our hunting rifle. After World War II, it was the bolt-action rifle and the semi-automatic rifle, the Garand. After the current wars, people come back and they're veterans, and this is the rifle that they know. We just make it in a semi-auto, a civilian-friendly version. It's just a rifle. But does that have any traction with the public? What have you used that actually has had effect. By the way, if you really would like to uh, stay up on this, one of the things you can do, set up a Google search. Are you familiar? You can go on Google and you can have it do a keyword search for you and send you alerts. Do one for home invasion. Home invasion. And set it up for like once a day. You get a ping and it says, here's a list of stories, news stories about home invasions. After the first two weeks, you will go, holy smokes. I was actually going to say something else. Holy smokes, there are home invasions everywhere, and they happen all the time during the day, at night, and they often happen with two, three, four, or five invaders. Let me tell you what, if if five guys kick in the door of your house, when you're coming out of the bedroom, I don't think I want to have a revolver. I think I would really like to have an AR with a 30-round magazine and a light on it. Hmm. Hmm. No one in a gunfight ever had too much ammunition. Line two, Scott's with us out of North Dakota. Hey, Scott, you're on Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. Hey there. I have a question. Uh, debating on either a Smith & Wesson SP40VE or a Walther PPK M1 Bolton 40 caliber. I was wondering what your opinion on both those were. They're which one you would excellent. like better? Which one you thought was a better pistol? I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter which one I like better. The only thing that matters is which one you like better. There, well, here's the thing. First of all, you have identified two really good guns from two really good brands of gun maker. And the real critical part here is going to be which one do you like? Have you shot them? Have you handled them both? Uh, what, what's your impression at this point? Oh, not yet. Uh, just, the guy, it's like a couple hours. 
a way for me to start a job. He has a pretty good deal on him for like three twenty five, and mm. I was just wondering if if you had shot either one, if you know of any. I've, I've shot him. There's, no, I don't know of any problems. Here's here's the deal. It's like saying, okay, I want a Chevy or a Ford. Both of them are good. But some people are Chevy people and some, some people are Ford people. Here's my suggestion. Go in ready to buy one. Pick them both up. Handle them both. I mean, really handle them. Just handle them. Work the slide. Work the triggers. And then whichever one feels good in your hand, throw down the money and buy it. Yep. You're not going to make a bad mistake. mistake You're not going to make a mistake at all. You're going to get a good, good gun out of the deal. All right. Yeah, that's, that's, I really like the look of that PPK. Well, you know what? Sometimes that's all that matters. You say, I just like the looks of it. Cool. That's a good reason. Look for a differentiation point. And the next guy who walks in is going to look at it and go, oh, man, I can't stand the way that Walter looks. I love that Smith & Wesson. Cool. That's good for him, too. Doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, Now, but I hasten to say, you have done well in identifying two really good quality pistols. Now, if you'd say, okay, I'm going to buy this cheap piece of junk over here or a good Smith & Wesson or a Walther, then we'd have something else to talk about. But the reality is you cannot make a bad decision here. You've you've done very well. I congratulate you on that. Excellent job. Tell you what, let's take a quick break here. Then we got, let's see, Mike, Donnie, Grant. Uh, we got lots of people in line, but we still have room to get you in, 866 866- Talk gun. We'll get you there. Oh, 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 before I go, have to tell you, tomorrow, Monday, the new gun venture, our brand new TV show starts on Sportsman Channel. We go places, do crazy stuff. We're riding four wheelers. We're firing, um, fire, what do we use? Flamethrowers. We shot flamethrowers. We shot machine guns. We did all kind of weird, wacky, crazy stuff. The show is called Gun Venture. It starts tomorrow night on Sportsman Channel. Don't miss it. Hey, we'll be right back. Here at SilencerShop.com, we normally focus on making the world a quieter place. Not today. Rule 41F takes effect soon, making silencer ownership more complicated. The good news is silencershop.com can help. But don't delay. Purchase any in-stock silencer by July 6th, and Silencer Shop guarantees to get your Form 4 submitted and execute your transfer before deadline under current rules or give you $100. The Powered by Silencer Shop guarantee. Details and restrictions at silencershop.com. Alien Gear Holsters, the most comfortable and concealable holsters on the planet, is offering big savings with our new two-holster combo. Now you can buy two complete holsters for as little as $49.88. Choose from any available holster styles and colors for the guns of your choice. All of Alien Gear's quality products are made right here in the USA and include a 30-day trial, forever warranty, and free shell trades for life. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com today. If you're like me, you don't have money to burn, but you still want to buy guns, ammo, and accessories. That's why we created GunDealio. That's a free, yes, a free smartphone app. Just download it and start getting the deals. Could be discounts, offers of free magazines for your gun, or you could be the first to hear about new stuff from gun makers. Here's how it works. With Gundelio on your phone, you get alerts when you enter a gun store. Special deals, you know. You don't have to do a thing. It'll do a lot of other cool things, like let you watch gun videos and listen to Gun Talk podcast. Plus, check it anytime for hundreds of deals and offers. 
getting more while spending less. Smart, huh? Gun Delio. Made in America. Gluten-free. At the App Store and Google Play or gundelio.com. Laser sights increase confidence, regardless of experience level. Whether you're learning the fundamentals, a seasoned shooter, or simply overcoming aging eyes, Laser Sight provide instant feedback, providing immediate confidence and enjoyment for a new shooter. Call 800-442-2406 or visit crimsontrace.com for a free copy of our laser training video, The Laser's Edge, and learn more about why Crimson Trace is making laser sights standard equipment. Back in there. Go straight to the phones. Donnie, line one, Corpus Christi, Texas. Hey, Donnie, what you thinking about on this uh, attempted uh, gun confiscation? Well, I, I just want to say, and I've been saying this to every gun owner I know, is that, uh, you know, it's not going to be any time soon that they're going to, you know, get rid of the uh, Second Amendment and take away our guns. But they do have a, I can imagine a scenario that's not only highly likely, but highly probable, where they have they're going to be able to take away people's guns, and, and that's called martial law. Now, they did this. I was in Katrina after Hurricane, uh, in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Anybody that had it, didn't matter if you had a license or not, that they had declared martial law for that area uh, during that <clears throat> disaster. And they anybody who had a gun, they took away that gun. Now, and if you had a license, it took six months or seven or eight months to get it back. Okay, and when they declare martial law for an area, the Constitution is suspended. They do this legally, and if you uh, well, wait, 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 just a minute. Uh, I'm gonna stop you right there. They did not do it legally. There's no such thing as martial law in the state of Louisiana. Ray Nagan, the mayor of New Orleans, issued this edict illegally. And he said, we're going to confiscate all the guns. And after it was all over, he said, we never did that. We never picked up any guns. And it took several lawsuits. And then it finally took the court saying, we're going to hold you personally responsible from a legal standpoint if you don't come up with these. And then he said, oh, wait, look over here. Here's a whole warehouse full of guns that we picked up. Oh, yeah, they're all rusted. They're completely ruined now. So it wasn't, I know what you're saying, but I just want to make sure people understand this was not a legal uh, confiscation. This was illegal. And for those who say, oh, the police would never obey that order. Not, not only will they, they already have. They obeyed an illegal order to confiscate guns from legal, lawful Americans in the United States of America, took their guns, sometimes at gunpoint, and then stacked them all up and let them rust and get ruined. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly the way it happened. <clears throat> but on the other hand, uh, I don't know if that if they, if they can do that legally or illegally or illegally when there's a declaration of martial law. Uh, but uh, you can think of some scenarios, whether it be a big, you know, another major disaster, or whether it be mm-hmm. some kind of riots or things like this, where they could be declaring martial law. And they and for anyone that wants to know. They have been training the U.S. Army to, to institute martial law mm-hmm. for the last six, seven years that, that Obama's been in office, ever since 2010. And Let me ask you a question. Know- no, 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 we're not going to go down there. Just stop, okay? It's all sorts of Internet 
crap about this. And that's all it is. It's crap. All right? We're not going to go there with this. But here's my question to you. Let's let's make it personal. What are you going to do when they come to take your guns? Well, right now, I don't have a gun because my, my, I had a house fire that burned my guns. My guns were destroyed in the house fire. Uh, mm-hmm. I am certainly planning on getting uh, buying another gun here probably this summer. But uh, if I have my gun and they want to take it away, they're going to take it away over my dead body. All right. I appreciate it, Donnie, because that's what I'm hearing other people saying. And I, and I know that some, some of it's bluster, but I know that some people will simply shoot the people who are coming to take the guns. Let me just make sure everybody understands what I just said. There are a lot of Americans who believe that this is the line in the sand. This is the British coming at Lexington and Concord. This is this far and no farther. If you get an order and you're going to go door to door and take my guns, I will shoot you. Hmm. Did he really say that? Yeah, I did. For a lot of people, I'm not talking about a few people, I'm talking about a lot of people, their line in the sand is right there. This is not going to happen. Not in my America. You are not going to go door to door and take guns away from people. Not going to happen. I don't know where you fall on that scale, because it is a scale of people who say, yeah, sure, I'm going to obey the law. And people who say, not going to happen, I'll do whatever it takes, I'll go resistance force, I'll do whatever it takes, but it's not going to happen. Somewhere on that scale is where each person falls. But you got to understand that, look at what happened in New York. They required the registration of so-called assault weapons. You know what percentage of people actually complied with the law? Best guess is about five. 5% 5% of the people actually registered their so-called assault weapons. 95% non-compliance. Huh. Right, here's a, let's take this further. Ask your friends who believe in gun confiscation or restrictions what will the government do? What should the government do if they get a 95% non-compliance rate? Now what? What do you suggest? Because we know that's about what you're going to get. Because we've already had it. It's, it's not a guess. We have that. We have the numbers. So if you've got a 95% non-compliance rate, do you go door to door? Does that violation of civil rights bother you? Will we drag people into the street at gunpoint the way the Germans did? Does that violation of civil rights upset you and bother you? Will we jail people, send them to the Gestapo, the, the, the prison camps, because they didn't register their guns? Does that offend you. At what point as someone who values civil civil liberties would you get upset? At what point would you say no? Because I know if you do that to them then you can do it to me. And that, my friends, is the argument.
Did you have to see the um, story about Kelly McGillis, the actress uh, of Top Gun fame, of course. We all fell in love with her there. Uh, was Now, this is, you know, recently. It's been a long time since that movie was out. But uh, Kelly McGillis was attacked in her home. This is a woman who had been gang raped when she was 12 years old. She's also been attacked other times. But she's in North Carolina in her home, and she walks in, and there's a home invasion. There are two I think maybe a woman and a, a girl there. Anyway, she gets attacked. So she's decided that she's going to get a carry permit. She actually has been able now. She's gotten a carry permit. And uh, she is an openly gay woman, and she said that she's been chided by some of the LBGT community. And she says, look, he says, I've been attacked. I know what it's like to be attacked. I've been horribly affected by this, and I am not going to be a victim. She said, I'll be a survivor, to which I would like to say, if I had a chance to talk to her, no, that's a bad attitude. What do you mean, Tom? It's a bad attitude. Don't be a survivor. Be a victor. Be a winner. You can survive an attack and be crippled for life. Not going there. I'm going to defeat you. I'm going to win. I'm not going to survive this attack. I'm going to win this attack. I'm going to win this fight. That is the attitude. How do you win? Swift, savage, violent action. That's how you win. Once you're in it, you're in it. There's no time for messing around. Swift, savage, violent action will win the day. More than they ever, ever imagined would happen. How do you get there? Mental training. How do you get there? Physical training. Let me go over that again. How do you get the mental aspect of it right? You have to have the physical training. It's not confidence, it's competence. The confidence comes from the competence. The guy just wrote me, he said, look, he says, I was uh, involved with a discussion on Facebook with uh, some members of my church and different people and talk about the Orlando shooting and my fa- I had my LBGT Facebook friends and they were beating him up about the whole idea of getting guns. And he finally said, look, he says, I'm just tired of getting beat up. Here's the deal. He says, I am concerned for you. I'm concerned for your safety and your well-being. So here's the deal. I'm not going to discuss it anymore. But I have four tickets, four certificates for free training. It's $4,000 worth of, of training. I will give these to the first four people who private message me and would like this. I'm not going to discuss it with you anymore, but if you would like to have real, serious, handgun, self-defense training, contact me. He said the first two people who came in were the ones who were beating him up online. Private message, they said, yeah, we'd like to do that. We thought about it. We know what we were saying to you, but we thought about we'd like to get some real training. Interesting. In public, they felt the need to be anti-gun. But when the two of them discussed it privately, they said, hmm, this might not be a bad idea. Maybe we really should get some training. And I just want to say to Mark, way to go. Putting your money where your mouth is, getting out there and saying, I will help you. I will help you get training. I realize that this may make you uncomfortable. The only way you grow is to get into that uncomfortable place, to go out of your 
comfort zone. So that's a real outreach, if you will, and I appreciate that, Mark. Excellent job. When we come back, we'll have a whole lot more of gun talk, and you can get in on this. 866-TALK-GUN will get you in, of course. We'll be talking about the guns that you like, the ones that maybe you're not so crazy about. Also, the outreach program of how do you reach other people? How do you get them involved in this great lifetime sport, and maybe a sport that can actually save people's lives? Remember, we're the good guys and gals, the ones you don't read about in the paper. 